Do you want to create an online course, but you don't know exactly how to start? Is there a methodology to creating engaging lessons that won't be boring, that won't fall flat, that won't lose your client's attention and preventing them from getting the results that you want them to have inside the course that you took so long, so much time and effort to create? Then this is the episode for you because I'm about to reveal to you seven incredibly juicy tips that I have never revealed before, honestly, because nobody had ever asked me how I put together my online lessons. And actually, there is a method to the madness. But I just had a meeting with a one-on-one client where she wanted to know just that. And I came up with this list of seven must-dos when you're creating your online course that I realized I had never shared before anywhere. So here they are for you, and I hope that you will find them helpful. Hi, my name is Ina Coveney. I am a business coach, and I specialize in monetizing tiny audience. I'm like your tiny audience coach. And this podcast, Get Clients First, focuses on the primary principle of having a small audience and growing your business, which is to get clients first. So before you grow your audience, before you focus on any of the other crazy vanity metrics, you need to be getting clients first to validate your idea, sell your program, and make money in your coaching business. So today, we're going to be talking about how to create an engaging online course. So why don't we start with a little bit of background? How long have I been creating these courses? To tell you the truth, I have been creating lessons for way longer than my coaching business has existed because I came from a software project management background. That's what I was in corporate. I was there for 15 years. If you want to hear my entire crazy story of getting out of corporate, just go to the Get Clients First podcast episode number 51. That is my full story on how I left my job. And I know that I've had some other episodes explaining my story here and there, but that's the one that's that's most, that's the closest to the time period when I explained that whole story. But anyway, I was a project manager for software products and part of my job was documentation. It was making sure that people understood what they were doing with a particular piece of software, how to use it, how to use it right. So that's what I did. And writing this documentation really helped me get into the mind of that ideal client. Because when it comes to writing documentation, writing lesson plans, creating an online course, it's all about who is going to be consuming it and how do you get them to make the most out of it. And I started recording courses, basically training lessons, as part of my job because I found myself teaching exactly the same thing to people over and over again. So I started to really get my feet wet into it. Then as I started to develop my own coaching programs, it became really obvious that in order to scale, I needed to be able to teach the same thing in the same exact way. It got to the point where I was having seven one-on-one client conversations in a single day. This is when my kids were really little and I had designated Thursday as my meetings day. So I had meetings back to back that whole day. And because I signed all of these clients at about the same time, 
I found myself repeating the same thing to them over and over again based on where they were, what stage they were in their process. And that's when it became obvious that it was a good time to scale this, that it was a good time to create some lessons so that I can distribute them to more people, create a group coaching program, and then eventually create a course. Since then, I have created several courses and there is really a method to the madness. I don't just sit down and just start talking into the camera. In fact, please don't do that. I didn't even really sit down and write it all out. And then I did it. It came from coaching programs. It came from a need. The need was there before the course existed. So if you actually want me to give you the full description, the full life cycle of how you create a six-figure coaching program, you might want to go visit tinyaudiencemasterclass.com and watch that masterclass because we do an entire explanation for how your course fits into your process of getting clients, especially if you have a small audience. If you haven't seen that, you need to go and sign up now. So stop everything you're doing, head over to a browser, go to tinyaudiencemasterclass.com and sign up right now. And it will give you the background that you need for all of this that I'm going to talk to you about today, about making an online course makes sense. All right. So in essence, you need to be getting clients first. (laughs) Not a surprise. You need to be getting clients first. And then once you start to scale, which is not the same thing as grow, a lot of people get these two terms confused. Growing your business is not the same thing as scaling your business. You grow your business when you're starting out, when you need to make sure something works and you scale it once it works. Once you know that this works for a particular population that is getting the right results, then you can feel free to scale, which means to allow more people in for equivalent amount of effort on your part. That's what scaling means. So courses are meant to scale an offer that already works. Okay. Like I said, if you want the full lifestyle cycle, lifestyle cycle, life cycle of your offer, tinyaudiencemasterclass.com is a completely free class where you're going to really change your mind about the order in which you're doing things in your business so that your business can start, so that your business can start making money. Okay. So these tips that I'm about to give you, I just gave to a client who is looking to create this online course. And she wanted to know, how do I create engaging lessons, engaging topics? How do I keep their attention? What is the magic sauce to creating an online course? So like I said, if you have already proven that your method works, you've already walked one-on-one clients through it or group clients through it, and you know that it's going to give them the results that you're looking for, then it's time to open this up to the masses and to create a course that you can sell evergreen eventually, that you can sell to more people. And when you are starting to develop that course, here are seven things that you really need to keep in mind. And I stand by these. Some of these you may disagree with, but bear with me because there's a reason for all of these. So why don't we start with number one? You need to make your lessons very short. If I were to really teach everything that is in my brain about any particular topic, I would probably be there for hours. Even if I try to cut it back into pieces, cut it into smaller chunks, I'd probably speak for 45 minutes about every single thing. But a 45-minute lesson is not going to keep anybody's attention, especially if it's just you talking. So first step 
is to make sure that you're giving bite-sized pieces. The most important thing for you to remember is that people's attention spans are not what they used to be. The, the attention spans are so short that if you want to create something engaging, get, do yourself a favor and do very, very short lessons. I'm talking between five and 10 minutes, no more than that. Here's point number two. When you're creating your lessons, don't just jump into the subject matter. So you need to make sure that everybody who's watching is on the same level. And that means that you first are going to have to make them unlearn some things that they have heard before. So suppose that I am teaching about ideal client and I want to tell everybody or I want to teach my audience what an ICA is, an ideal client avatar, and I want to teach them about it. I could start with slide number one. Okay, an ideal client avatar is this and go ahead and define it. But that's not going to help anybody because they're going to hear that and they're going to say to themselves, oh yeah, I already knew that. They're not learning anything by you just giving them concepts. So you always start by battling any objections that they may already have. Or if they've already learned about the ICA and you believe that they learned it wrong, start by dispelling that myth first. Create an interest in them learning truly what an ICA is. So pick any subject that you want to teach about, decide what the lesson is going to be. And the first thing you do before you even define that thing is to let them know in a very creative way that everything they have known about that thing has been wrong. And once you destroy the past myths, the and you, you level the playing field, everybody is going to understand what you're saying from the same level. So start there. When you're teaching a lesson, don't start with the concept, don't start with the definition, start with battling the objections of what they might already think about that thing that you're teaching. Next, let's go back to attention spans. Attention spans are extremely short. So if you're going to keep their attention, you are going to need to create engaging content. How do you create engaging, engaging content? Use examples, use humor, use challenges. So if I'm here teaching you about how to record a great video, first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tell you, okay, I'm about to show you a video and I'm gonna tell you why it is so bad and show them something and tell them, okay, the reason that video was bad was because of this, 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 and this. And now let me tell you the right way to do it. When you do it that way, you're keeping them engaged. You are watching something or the, the client, the student is watching something and actually making their brain work in figuring out what you are about to say next. So keep the engage. Keep the lessons very, very highly engaging. Use humor, use examples, and use this kind of like mini challenges to see if they get what you're about to say and if they get it right. Let's go to point number four. This is my fourth tip. When you're creating your lessons, do not use your face. Don't show your face in the lessons. Why is that? Because people can tell that you did not record this today. Why? Because they can see you on social media every day. And it is distracting. You might not think so. You might think it's something so small, but it is distracting if I'm watching a lesson from somebody and I know that that's a haircut that they had 
three years ago. It would be very hard for me to even try to look the same way that I looked six months ago. And this is something that people notice. And that is not the conversation that I want them to be having with themselves in their head. Oh, I wonder when she recorded this. Oh, look, her office looked different. Look, her hair looked different. Look, she had a tan. I know exactly when this was recorded. You don't want them to have that as a piece of conversation. You want them to be listening to the topic. So while you're teaching the lesson, keep your face down to the minimum. So that's reason number one. It's distracting for them to figure out when this was recorded. The second reason is for editability. You want to make it as easy for you as possible to edit this video in the future. So if you use slides, it should be very easy for you to remove some slides from the video or to insert more slides into the video just by using a regular video editor. That is possible. You can do that. But to redo or to remove content or add content to a video where you are the one speaking, that would be extremely challenging. You would have to probably re-record the entire video. And I'm all for easy. So make life easier on yourself and make sure that your slides do not include you in person. Let's go to point number five. Point number five is if you are going to have an introduction video to your course, which is totally fine. I record intro videos that are like three minutes long to introduce everybody to the topic, introduce everybody to the program. And I do actually do those in person with my face. And that is totally fine because I can re-record that video anytime I want without having to re-record the entire course. And it's only a three minute video. Totally cool to do it in person. I mean, with your face, like a Zoom. But there is something that you need to do that is much easier said than done. And that is to keep your intro evergreen. What do I mean by that? It means that you cannot say anything that down the line is not going to be relevant. And I shot myself in the foot on this in my previous courses so many times where I would give an introduction to the program and I would say, and you get so many one-on-one calls and you get so many weekly calls and you get all of these bonuses. When in reality, after my first couple launches, I was not doing the one-on-one calls anymore or the weekly calls turned into bi-weekly calls or the bonuses that I gave are not even the same bonuses that I'm giving now. So make sure that when you do the intro, you stick to facts that are not going to change. You stick to statements and encouragement that is never going to change through the life of the program. And that gives you a little bit more time to not have to re-record that intro down the line. Much easier said than done. That is a really, really hard thing to do, to not include any contemporaneous facts as you're recording it. Good luck. I've been there. It's not easy, but I know you can do it. Let's go for number six. Number six is if you are going to have different features, different bonuses, different things that you're offering each time you offer the course, make sure that that is all contained in a single separate video. So if I have a bonus for these two other workshops that I'm going to include in my package, don't say that in the intro video, save it for here's your bonuses video. And then you can swap that in and out as your bonuses change. Okay. Here is number seven, don't drown people in worksheets. 
Now, worksheets are wonderful and they help so many people. So if you're going to have worksheets, have them, tell them, hey, that's for you to fill out if you're that kind of learner. But if you're not that kind of learner, just give people very small assignments that are going to move the needle in their nutrition, in their business, in their wellness, in whatever you want them to do. Actually give them the assignment that you want them to do. Do not make them do homework unless it's absolutely necessary. In my programs, I've seen so many business coaching courses where they give you so many worksheets that you all have to fill them out. I never review them again. So it makes me weary of doing, I don't want to do any more worksheets. So in my programs, I only give worksheets when they're absolutely necessary for them to make a decision. For my clients to be able to reach a certain level of awareness, a certain level of realization or a certain breakthrough, that's when I will give them something to do. Otherwise, anything that I ask them to do will be directly related to the things that they have to do for their business anyway. So make sure that you're not drowning people in homework. Make it as useful as possible. Okay, let me recap all the seven and then I'm going to give you one final bonus one that is what is going to get you to sell more after you sell this course. All right. So let's start with number one, making your lessons very short. Number two, start your lessons by dispelling myths or objections so that you can get all on the same page before you get to the definitions. Number three, make sure that your lessons are engaging. Use examples, mini challenges, use videos, use images, break it up and make it super engaging. Number four, don't use your face for two very important reasons. Number five, if you're going to do an intro video with your face, make sure that it's evergreen. Do not include details that may change later. Number six, make a separate video for any bonus features because these may change. And number seven, do not drown your clients in homework. Now, let me give you the final tip for your course. Uh, but before I do, I'm going to remind you that creating this course is not your first task. It's not the first thing you do. Sitting down and reviewing these lessons and creating videos and posting them on Kajabi or wherever you're going to post them is not your first action. Your first action is always going to be, you guessed it, get clients first. I've been there. I have created courses that nobody wanted to buy because I did not listen to this piece of advice of getting clients first. Make sure that people actually want what you have to sell before you even create it, before you spend all this time and effort creating something that you don't even know if it's going to hit. And I know I've been arrogant too, right? The first time that I created my first online course, I was very arrogant. I was like, I don't need to be pre-selling this. I don't need to be talking to anybody. I know that what I'm creating is something that everybody wants because why wouldn't they? And I created it. I it, it did not leave that year, that product. It did not get out of that specific point in time of my business. It did not fly. It did not soar. It didn't go anywhere because I didn't get clients first. And that's what I want you to do. So if you want to see the full life cycle of your six-figure offer so that it works, so that you can actually grow it and scale it to six figures, go to tinyaudiencemasterclass.com and make sure to sign up right now. Okay, so let me tell you tip number eight, which is a final bonus tip. At the end of your course, you need to give your clients something 
to do? What is their next step with you? Do you have a mastermind? Do you have a one-on-one offer? Do you have a membership? What else can they do after they have learned all of this with you? What is their next step? So make sure to include that in a very special bonus lesson at the end of your course. And that way you will continue to get clients forevermore. If you turn this course into an evergreen offer, you will continue to get clients every single time, even after they have already purchased your course. So I really hope that this was helpful, guys. If it was, please make sure to take a screenshot of this episode, post it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at Ina Coveney. You just have to make sure to spell Coveney right. It ends in E-Y. It's been a pleasure. This was Ina Coveney, your tiny audience coach. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I say that tentatively because I'm like trying that on. Am I your tiny audience coach? I'm the tiny audience coach. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your day and good luck with your course. I'll see you on the masterclass, tinyaudiencemasterclass.com.